SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scott Wetzel sitting in on this uh, Thursday morning, just getting underway, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do, Monday through Friday, right here on uh, Sports Grid Radio. So Means throws the baseball's third no-hitter, and really fourth, if you wanted to count Madison Bumgarner's no-hitter. That was only a seven-inning affair, so you know, no doubt he probably would have gone nine innings had the game been a nine-inning game, but it was, uh, it was the first or second back of a doubleheader. So second game, because he got one hit in the first game against the Braves. So you got Joe Musgrove throwing a no hitter versus Texas. You got Carlos Rondon throwing a no-hitter against Cleveland. And now you got John Means. I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, Cy Young and Walter Johnson here. I mean, that's how easy it is. Several more shutouts last night. Three games, or three days we've had of no shutouts. We've had some 30-plus days of baseball. More than that now, 35 and we've had three days in which at least uh, one game did not have a shutout. I, we had a couple yesterday. It's, it's just nobody's hitting. So he can celebrate only once. I, I tell you it was more impressive than anything else that I just heard, just read. Forget about the no-hitter. You know, that is impressive. And we'll get into the, you know, the strikeout thing. Um, you know, it's not a perfect – it's not a perfect game. I don't know why people are bitching and moaning about it or so surprised about it. I mean, that's the essence of the difference between a perfect game and a, and a no-hitter. Perfect game is 27 guys get up and 27 guys make outs. That was not necessarily the case. Nobody gets on base in a perfect game. Doesn't matter if the batter who gets on is wiped out on a double play ball or is thrown out trying to steal, as was the case yesterday. Um, you know, it was an error. You know, they don't call it an error. I don't know why they don't. Um, you know, but they give the catchers a pass ball versus an error. You know, if you're a shortstop or a second baseman or a third baseman, your you first baseman, you gotta say, what the fudge? How, how come they get a pass ball? I get an error. I get a big E. You know, I get signs out in the outfield saying E6, you know, E5. You know, I'm, I'm thrown to the wolves, basically, when I make a mistake. When it's the catcher, it's only a pass ball, you know. And then there's debate on whether it's a wild pitch or not. So, mean struck out a guy in the third inning. It was a sinker, got behind the catcher, guy ran to first base, he got on. You know, so whether it's an error by the shortstop or it's an error by the catcher, an error is an error, guy got on base. So now again, he happened to be wiped out because he tried to steal, so there were only 27 batters. But here's the most impressive thing about his performance yesterday. Forget the strikeouts and everything else. He had 26 first pitch strikes. 26 out of 27. That's pitching. Opposite pitch just getting underway. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge, or don't. And wish you had. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here comes the 2-2. Got him. Two down in the ninth. Strikeout number 12. So it comes down to J.P. Crawford. First pitch swinging. Line drive. He's done it. John Means has no hit. The Mariners and the Orioles mob him. 
The first no-hitter for the Orioles in 30 years. The first complete game no-hitter since Jim Palmer did it 52 years ago in 1969. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yep, Orioles Radio Network there with the call as Means does get to know him. That's the, uh, you know, it was the seventh, eighth, or ninth. It was the third inning when no one was thinking no hitter. No big deal. Um, it is what it is. But now we get Joe Musgrove, we're now, and then we Carlos Radon and uh, John Means throwing no hitters. And I guess. You know, if FanDuel put another prop up there, you'd still have to go with at least, uh, I would think, two and a half more, right? Over under five and a half. And I don't doubt that, you know, we'll probably set the record for most no-hitters. I don't know what the record is, but I bet we set the record for most no-hitters in a season if, if things continue the way they're going. Uh, because it's just swing for the fences, swing for the fences, swing for the fences. And nothing for nothing. But Seattle's not exactly the 1927 Yankees. Uh, Texas Rangers, not exactly the, uh, you know, 1986 uh, uh, Red Sox. Uh, you know, Indians aren't too bad, but you're not talking about three powerhouse teams either there. But it is what it is. It, it is a no-hitter, so congrats to John Means. But I'm not going to lose too much sleep over the fact he lost his perfect game because of a wild pitch. Because, again, that's an error. It may not be classified as an error just because of baseball's dopey rules, but an error is an error. Dodgers lose again last night. Wow, they've lost 13 now of 17. Even with a guy Walker Bueller. They can't even win in Walker Bueller starts. You know it's bad. One in six in uh, extra inning games. 28 strikeouts in this game. 28 Baseball's become a joke. It really It's just become a farce. Uh, and the Dodgers just can't get out of their own way. I mean, you know, they were a 175 favorite. I mean, I didn't necessarily suggest go one way or the other when we uh, said we were going to keep track of playing on and playing against the Dodgers. But as tempting as they are, well, you got to keep playing against them until they break out of this funk. Uh, they are an absolute to me play against. I mean, you think every time that they go out there, oh, yeah, they're going to win this time. They're going to win this time. They're going to win with Bauer on the hill. They're going to win with, uh, you know, uh, Bueller on the hill. They're, they're going to get a good performance out of veteran, you know, Clayton Kershaw. They're going to, you know, but nope, 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 nope. Six, five extra innings. They, uh, Mookie Betts had blows a chance to, to blow it open. They went by one in extra innings. They only scored the one run. Cubs were able to come back and tie it and then actually win it. Uh, on, a, on a Rizzo uh, single, and uh, they beat the Dodgers 6-5 to five in extra innings. Cleveland beat Kansas City 5-4, rallying from 4 nothing down. Royals manager, Royals pitching coach, Royals starting pitcher <laughs> all get ejected from the game because of a ball call, which I actually thought was a good call. I don't, I don't know what they were surprising. The, the pitcher, Singer, you know, was going to throw to second base to try and pick off a runner. He, he stopped, paused, and... You know, through the second. I mean, in, in my world, that that's a balk. I, I don't know what they were so upset about. Maybe there were a bunch of other calls previously. I, I don't know. Uh, but that was kind of funny. That would have been a good win for the Royals, but they blow a 4 nothing lead uh, and lose 5-4. The Tigers won last night. Are you kidding me? They beat our Red Sox 6-5. to What a joke. 2-18. and You know, the Red Sox have this uh, habit of losing to these god-awful teams on these losing streaks. I don't know what it is. You know, maybe, just maybe. I didn't go gaga. didn't rub it in the stanky faces too much. I rubbed it into the stanky faces that they were in last place, not that the Red Sox were in first. But, you know, maybe we're seeing the beginning of the end. I hate to say it, Red Sox fans. They just can't hit. 
Uh, I mean, they you know, three one down. They just score a couple of runs a tie, go to the extra innings, and they give up a three run homer. They score two in the bottom of the uh, tenth, excuse me, tenth inning, but they can't uh, get one more run and they lose six to five. But it's the Tigers. You should be scoring seventeen thousand runs for goodness sakes. I mean, they just had this penchant for losing to these just brutal teams. I don't know what it is, but they do. And uh, got a halfway decent pitching performance out of Marty Perez, but he couldn't get out of the sixth inning. Gave up a two-out, two-run double. That kind of sealed the deal. And the Red Sox lose six to five. Now that that that's just uh, now they've lost what three of their last five games. Their lead in the American League is down to a half a game, or a game and a half. Rather, Stanky's win last night. They beat the Astros again. Not nearly as uh, combustible a situation uh, at Stanky Stadium. You heard some boos, but you didn't get the signage. And, you know, all this angst that the uh, supposed Yankee fan had, you know, okay, that they came out to, to show on a Monday night. You think the next day it'd be the same thing, but nah, it just goes to show how phony they are. Eh, you know, they're just phony. Uh, okay, they, they lo- in their mind, they lose a World Series, so they're upset for one day. That's it. Uh, real passionate fan there. I mean, re- real great fan base there, Sankey fans. Uh, that said, Giancarlo Stanton with the home run, four RBIs as they double up the Astros 6-3. to three. Be careful. If this guy gets hot, and I said this uh, either yesterday on the show or on my podcast, you know, this, uh, the rest of the uh, baseball world is lucky that these guys, uh, I mean, the Stankies, aren't living up to the backside of their baseball card. If they were, this team would win 120 games. Been fortunate. You know, Judge is stunk. Stanton is stunk. Sanchez is stunk. You know, for this year anyway, LeMahieu has stunk. If all these guys actually hit their lifetime batting averages, uh, they would be a dangerous team. But that's been the case for the Stankies really for the last 15 years. They've always had these high-priced guys that just haven't performed. But it just goes to show you how good they can be, you know, if Stanton and if Trout, and Trout played like crap, he went over last night, uh, he struggled. But, you know, if Stanton actually delivered every once in a while, Stanky fans, as you know, you know, they would be tough to beat. Three for four, four RBIs, two on homer. Judge goes 0 for 5 with five strikeouts. Nice. Uh, 0 for 5 with five strikeouts. This guy's going to ask for $35 million a year two years from now. Man, uh, that, that is just amazing. And you know what the difference is? Because Stanton's up and he's clearing the bases, and then they're allowing to pitch the judge with Urshela behind him. You know, it should be the other way around. I don't know. How is Gio Urshela the cleanup hitter? Oh, baseball is so wacky. You got Stanton, you got Judge, you got LeMahieu, and then you got the Gio Urshela as your cleanup hitter. Baseball has just turned itself upside down. It really has. Some of the things that were so classic in baseball, not not anymore. No, sir, no how. How about Tony La Russa? The White Sox didn't know the rules. <laughs> you know, I almost can't blame him. I mean, listen, he's an old geezer. But, you know, baseball now with this extra inning stuff, you're allowed to start the extra inning with a runner on second base. So who gets to be that runner? Well, according to baseball rules, the guy who made the last out in the previous inning in the ninth inning he gets to start the 10th on second base. That's the second base runner. Unless it's a pitcher. If it's a pitcher, they want to protect the pitcher. So they allow the rule that if it's a pitcher, you can get the guy before the pitcher batting. So there was a double switch. <clears throat> and the pitcher technically was in the position that made the last out. So LaRusso put him on second base. He ended up not scoring. Uh, it didn't really affect it too much. But uh, one of the guys that made the the out struck out when it could have been a sack fly. But the bottom line is he didn't know he didn't necessarily have to use the pitcher. 
And, you know, it's one thing for the manager not to know. All right, that, that is bad. Don't get me wrong. But you're telling me nobody with the White Sox knew the rules? Nobody in the dugout, no other, you know, a coach, no other player said, no, 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 no. We've had 5,000, uh, you know, of these X-rating games. Here's the rule. We don't have to have the pitcher out there. We can put the guy before the pitcher. Nobody knew that? They didn't. And they actually admitted they didn't know it. I mean, you know, what else are you going to do? I guess. Nope. I'm a dope. I didn't know. All right, more coming up. Opposite picks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Man with a 10-game hitting streak. Sean Carlos Stanton. Swung on and hit in the air to deep left. The ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It is a Stantonian home run. Oh, did he touch one off the deep left center field. Giancarlo. Non si pro. Giancarlo. It's a two-run blast. And with two outs, here is Giancarlo. And there's a base hit to right field. He continues to wield a magic wand. Oh, how quickly they jump on and off the bandwagon in the Stanky Stadium. Boy, oh, they all love him now. Oh, he's the greatest thing in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, three days ago, uh, when he's hitting 240, he stunk, get rid of him, his contract is ugly, can't believe we're stuck with this monster deal, blah, 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 give up a bag of beans for him, absolutely, now all of a sudden, oh, he's the greatest thing in the world, oh, yes, yeah, amazing. Uh, which one is it, Stanky fans? Does your team stink? Does the manager stink? Are you great? You know, just pick one. Pick a side, will you please? Yankees win last night 6-3. to three. Thanks for nothing, Houston Astros. Well, I talked about showing no courage, no guts whatsoever. Dropping the first two games of this series with all the booing and all the fanfare that was uh, brought into this uh, series, and they can't even show up. Boy, what a joke. All right, uh, let us uh, check out our opposite picks from yesterday before we get to our uh, bad beat watch in the NBA. Yesterday, uh, Houston Rockets plus 15 and a half. That was a loser. They lose by 20. Milwaukee lay in seven. That was a loser. I told you that line would drop. That was a crazy line. They ended up winning by one. So even if you did have Milwaukee minus to three, that was a loser. Uh, Memphis laying four against Minnesota. That was a push. Uh, Denver laying three and a half against the Knicks. That was a, a win. Uh, they beat the Knicks from start to finish. Very, very disappointed, surprised about that. Um, I thought the Knicks played as well as they did uh, have been, uh, would have performed a little bit better, but uh, they got crushed last night. Uh, Columbus on the ice, a winner versus Nashville and Anaheim. Don't ask me how. Uh, how did Anaheim beat the St. Louis Blues? Good, 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 Grave. Out of all the picks, that, that might have been the most surprising one. And then uh, the Tigers, opposite pick, uh, plus uh, 155, beat the Red Sox. So... You had a good, pretty good day if you went opposite. You have 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, 4-3. Started off, uh, well, push, 4-2-1. But, yeah, you just can't win. You know, last night was one of those nights. You just say, you know, thank goodness I don't do this for a living. Um, you know, that you just, as I suggest people, you know, I have a mixed message. 
You know, I tell people all the time you can't beat the boys in Vegas, and then people say, well, why are you suggesting playing then? Well, because just because you can't win doesn't mean you can't play. You know, you do it for fun. You know, you, you put a, I'm not telling you to put a mortgage on it, but, you know, you do a lot of things that you don't get really returned. You go to a movie, you don't get anything back. You're not coming home with anything outside of the leftover popcorn. Uh, you know, you, you listen to a record, you buy a record, you're not getting anything physically out of it. You're just listening to it. So, that, you know, go gambling anywhere you go or any kind of movie. You know, there's a lot of things you do that you don't actually get anything physically of. You just know it's going to cost you money. Well, this is one of them, you know. That's why if you can break even, a night of entertainment breaking even, how many times can you do that, right? So, in the end, tough day. Uh, tough day on the ice. Columbus, they, they had won three games in their last 20. Three in their last 20. Now, now Nashville's fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, they're battling Dallas for the last spot. Why in the world would Columbus give a rat's behind, right? I mean, three wins, and they win. Anaheim, the Ducks have just been brutal. I mean, they are 10 and 25 their last 35 games. I mean, they have just been awful. Seven of nine. Blues playing great. They've won five of their last six. Again, battling for that final playoff spot. They basically haven't won. I mean, but they want to move up in the standings. They're playing good hockey. I mean, there's five and two versus Anaheim this year. They've owned them in the series. They're at home. And Anaheim wins in, in a shootout. I mean, how do you figure? The Tigers, I, you know, yeah, they've lost 18 of 20, but may, maybe you could say, well, they were due for a win. And, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later. I suppose I can almost justify the Tigers winning more than I can Columbus and Anaheim. I mean, it just makes no sense sometimes. You just you scratch your head and you say, wow, you just can't win. Yeah, you know, the days you put the five, six, seven, eight pieces in, you know, you go one and seven. And the one win was the one you really, really liked. So then the next day, you only put that one piece that you really, really liked in. You know, that loses. But then the four or five other, six other pieces you would have played in, uh, but you didn't. They all won. Yeah, the the typical bad gambler's uh, story. We've, uh, you know, heard it. We've heard it a thousand times. Amazing. Our pyramid of plays did okay, but uh, our uh, 16 parlays did not. Uh, we'll start with our pyramid of plays. Uh, we won with the Wiz uh, plus seven. And I'm, you know, whatever the line is that I gave out in the morning, that's the one we're going to use. But even if it was plus three, if you got it in later, as I know that thing dropped, everybody was on Washington. We were all over that. Uh, that that was a winner regardless. Our Westbrook prop, that was a winner. Had easy. Had a triple double by halftime. Well, third quarter anyway. He needed a few rebounds, but he got it. Uh, our hockey play, St. Louis, minus the 245, loser. Uh, our NHL prop, Kevin Fiala, shots on goal. He didn't play last night for Minnesota. He was a late scratch, so we wiped that off the board. Baseball play, the Red Sox, loser. And then playing only, only, only one, I said, uh, go with Westbrook. Uh, he is a triple-double machine. Any Anytime he's on the board right now, you have to go with him. Um, you know, the, the bump in the odds up a little bit, but still. This guy's had a triple-double 85% of the time over the last two months, and, and you're only laying two to one on some of this stuff. Uh, I, I will gladly, gladly, gladly take that. So our uh, 16 parlays, eh, fudge. Uh, we had Westbrook, so we were 2-0 and heading into St. Louis. Even laying the 245, you know, maybe we get a shootout win, maybe we get an overtime win. Nah, they lose in a shootout. And then we had the Red Sox. You know, they gave it was one nothing, then it was one one, then it was three one, then it was three three. 
And Detroit scores three in the top of the tenth. Uh, then the Red Sox score two at the bottom, but they can't push across the tying run, and the Red Sox lose. So out the window we go. <clears throat> now we're two and fifteen with our sixteen parlays, but still up three thousand dollars. Still, still up. So we're still playing with house money. We'll start a new one, if not two, uh, later on this morning. Uh, we'll get back to that one. Uh, hour number two. Our bad beat watch. Uh, let us go to Minnesota, shall we? We do this every morning, hour number one. We pick out one NBA game, sometimes two, whatever the case may be, where the game basically goes down to the final seconds on the point spread. Some good, some bad. Uh, we don't decipher between them. We'll start with Minnesota. All right. Depending on when you got your, uh, where and when you did your shopping, teacups were a three and a half to four point home underdog to Memphis. We played Memphis with the opposite pick uh, segment, right? I really didn't think Memphis deserved to be a four-point favorite. Minnesota was playing well, 6-3 and three their last nine. Uh, Memphis has not, but uh, it is what it is. So we're grabbing uh, Minnesota plus the four with our picks earlier on. Heading into the fourth quarter, it was 107-103. Yeah, starting the fourth quarter, both teams had 100 points. <laughs> I mean, uh, the NBA is just a goof. So let's fast forward due to time constraints, as we like to say. We'll bring it down to the six-minute mark. And it – oops. This computer's got a mind of its own. And uh, at the uh, six-minute mark, Memphis, four-point favorite, has a five-point lead, 121-116. All right? Minnesota makes a shot to cut the lead to three. Pretty close game the whole way. Four-minute mark, Carl Anthony Towns makes a jumper. We're now tied at 123, all right? Plenty of time, still to go. Fast forward to the two-minute mark. Uh, Desmond Bain, who is he? Uh, of uh, Memphis misses a jumper, so uh, the Grizz remain a two-point leader, 130-128. Desmond Bain, who are these people? Uh, John ja Morant, uh, Memphis eventually gets the ball back, hits a jumper to push the lead to four, 132-128. Big possession, 125 left. D'Angelo Russell makes a two-pointer. Way to go, DR. Uh, cuts the lead to two. Under a minute left. Memphis with the ball. They miss. Get the rebound. Desmond Bain coming through with a three-pointer off from Memphis as the Grizz go up five, 135-130 with 55 seconds left. Oh, now we're sweating it out. Timeout, teacups. Come on, boys. Just get a couple of free throws, shall you? Uh, D'Angelo Russell fouled. Goes to the free throw line. Well, he fouled after a second. I don't know what they did they had to, to create a scoring opportunity, but they did in a second. Hits both free throws. Cuts the lead to three with 53, uh, 54 seconds left. Uh, if you're Minnesota, you're probably going to play some defense here. Desmond Bain again. Desmond, who is this? Who the fudge is Desmond Bain? Another three-pointer for Memphis. Back up to six now, 138-132 with 35 seconds left. Ugh. Russell for Minnesota misses. Towns rebound, throws the ball away. Thanks, Cat. They have to foul. They do. Memphis misses one free throw. John ja Morant. Memphis misses the second free throw with 13 seconds left. We're down six. We got one possession left. Here we go. What happens? I'll tell you when we come back. That's a tease. Opposite picks on a Thursday morning.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. D'Lo has it knocked away. Edwards, though, comes up with it. And Edwards has got 39. Spectacular. Towns looking for a three. Buries the triple. Timberwolves knotted up. John Morant rolls it in. D'Lo. Well, Towns is open. Yeah. You got to make that pass quicker. Yeah, for sure. But Towns will attack and have a chance for a conventional (laughs) three-point play. Just let John Morant keep on killing you with, with teardrop after teardrop. Morant, no. Offensive rebound Crazy. and a second chance three for Memphis. Rubio gets it into Edwards. Ant steps back for three. And Anthony Edwards, are you kidding? His eighth three of the yeah. game. Towns fires from way deep. Nearly got a roll, and that is going to be all she wrote. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, welcome back. Opposite Picks on this uh, Thursday morning, 41 past the hour. Recapping last night's biggie between Memphis and Minnesota, our bad beat watch. <clears throat> last we left you, uh, T-Wolves and Grizzlies, uh, yeah, T-Wolves uh, Radio Network uh, with the call. Uh, last we left you, uh, the Grizz were leading by six, we'll say. 35 seconds left, 38-32 after a Desmond Bain former first-round pick of the Boston Celtics out of TCU, <clears throat> three-pointer. Uh, still no one's ever heard of him. So, uh, and no real fan anyway. Uh, so, uh, teacups have the ball. Carl Anthony Towns throws the ball away. All of a sudden, Memphis, after giving up 150,000 points, is playing defense in the final seconds. So, uh, Minnesota has to foul down sixth. 15 seconds left. It's over. I, I can't freaking believe it, right? They foul. Who do they foul? Of course, they foul John Morant, one of their best players, probably their best player. Morant misses the first free throw. Hmm. Okay, 138-132. Still got a shot. Second free throw misses again with 13 seconds left. Ah, Teacups, timeout. They think they can actually win this game. Out of the timeout, Anthony Edwards, step back jumper from three. Good. It's 138-135 with 10 seconds left. Now we're back to a possibility here. Now, you know they're going to foul, right? Grizzlies timeout. They come out of the timeout, uh, and Memphis uh, does get fouled. Who goes to the free throw line? Who else? Desmond Bain. Down. Well, up, actually, three are the Grizz. We're getting four with Minnesota. If he hits both, even if he hits both free throws, we got eight and a half seconds left to get an oh by the way bucket and get the backdoor cover. Let's see what happens. First free throw from good old Desmond out of TCU. No good. Now we're looking at a push. Maybe worst case scenario. Second free throw. Good. Eight and a half seconds left. Grizz go up four over the teacups. All right, here's the gambler's thinking. We can come down, hit a shot, and then really not necessarily have to worry at all, play the foul game, and really walk out of here with a win. We could miss, 
And don't be Minnesota thinking that they're still in it with a second or two left fouls, and then we're screwed. So at this point, I'm probably saying, you know, I think I'll take the push. I, I, I think, you know, given right now eight and a half seconds left, knowing that Minnesota needs two possessions, so they're going to throw up a shot quickly. They're still in it. You know, they missed that shot with like four, three, even two seconds left. They're going to foul. Oh, we're going to get screwed. Uh, give me the push. So Bain makes the second free throw. Teacups with the ball. They go down the court. They screw around. Carl Anthony Towns from three. No good. Ball game over. No foul. No anything. 139, 135. So, depending on when and where you did your shopping, you either got a push or a loss with Minnesota. It was four. I know it did drop down to three and a half. I did think they were going to win. But uh, as I always tell you, you know, even if it was three and a half, see, this is another good example. There's a zillion of them. Uh, I always tell you, buy the hook. Buy the hook. You know, get it at the four. When it turns a loss like this would have been into a push, that's when you buy the hook. You don't buy the hook to make it from four to four and a half. I'm not spending the extra dollars just because I think I'm going to win instead of pushing. You know, worst case scenario, I walk away as a push, then 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 so be it. You know, uh, sometimes it will work in your favor, other times it won't. But this is the classic example of a game that should be close to that half a point. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Like I told you before, if you don't want to spend the extra money, I, I get that. Then you put it in as a risk play. You could put it in as a amount you want to win play, or you can put it in as a risk play. And if you're willing to put it in in a you know amount you want to win play, just based on hundred dollars, you're betting one hundred and ten dollars to win a hundred, right? Well, you you take you take that same one hundred and ten dollar risk, and instead of winning a hundred, you win ninety. Yeah, you win ten bucks less. That ten bucks less, I'll deal with knowing that that extra half a point can turn a loss, i.e. last night, into a push. It's it's well well worth it. Um, as I tell you, if you start your sentence with, I only won, then you're ahead of the game. So if you say, I only won 90, then so be it. I'd rather win 90 a certain amount of times and avoid a loss like we did last night. So 139, 135. After everything is said and done, Desmond Bain making seven points in the final minute for Memphis. Good gravy. That's a tough one. The teacups aren't bad. Too bad the season's ending. They might be a little team to watch next year. I, I tell you, if they keep all these guys since the return of uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, back in uh, early April, they've actually been a halfway decent team with some, you know, back-to-back wins against Utah. I am surprised they lost last night. I, I, and Memphis has not been playing well. But, uh, you know, you put that combination of Edwards, who had 42 last night, He's really picked up his game. He's going to end up winning the uh, the Rookie of the Year. Towns and Russell, you know, they combined last night for, you know, listen, a crazy game, 139-135, but they combined for 86 points. That's a nice little start. Uh, you throw Rubio in there, you know, although he wants out, but you add one more piece to the puzzle. That That's why I know you want to win, Minnesota fans, all four of you, but, you know, you get yourself a top three draft choice and add that guy to that core. Well, I tell you, that's not bad. And that loss kept them from tying Cleveland for 
the third worst record. You want to stay in the top three. This way you can't fall out. If you, if you go four, five, or six, or seven, uh, that, then you could end up with the, the ninth or tenth overall pick. But the top three are guaranteed a top uh, four selection. So you want to stay with the three worst records. And right now, Houston is the worst at 16 and 50. They got that sewn up. Uh, then it's Detroit at 19 and 47. And uh, then it's Minnesota at 20 and 46. OKC has 21 wins. Uh, Cleveland has 21. Orlando has 21. And we're talking uh, literally six games left for these teams. That's huge. Uh, you want to talk about incentive to win? I know the players don't necessarily care about, but the head coaches do. Front office does. You know, uh, and, and when the front office goes to, uh, you know, all these head coaches and says, hey, listen, you know what? It's been a lost year. You win a couple of these games down the stretch and you're going to piss away a chance to finish in the top two, the two or three spots. You know, w- w- what are you gaining here? So I think you'd be crazy. Now you're going to see the Lions go way up on Orlando, Cleveland, OKC, maybe not Minnesota because they are actually playing halfway decent, but. You look at it. Now, Minnesota, or, or OKC's been awful, but uh, they've lost nine of their last ten, four in a row. They're not winning again this year. Cleveland's lost eight in a row. I think that's by coincidence as they try and close out the season, uh, you know, with one of the three worst records. Orlando's lost uh, seven of ten. Uh, these teams just do not want to win. You, you, you'd have to be nuts. Uh, like I said, the point spreads are going to be way high. They're, they're going to be double digits on these teams, but uh, – they have no incentive, none whatsoever, to win these basketball games. Elsewhere, NBA last night, a lot of blowouts. It, it was a rare night uh, in that the big-time favorites basically all won and, and covered, believe it or not. You know, it's one thing for them to win, but it's another thing for them to cover. Celtics, uh, you know what, let me just go to the, the uh, page here that gives the point spreads. But the Celtics, uh, a monster double-digit favorite at Orlando. No Jalen Brown, didn't matter. Blew out the magic. I just, you know, got through saying about how the magic doesn't care, right? Blew out the magic 135 to, or excuse me, 132 to 96. Boston led by 12 after one, 18 at the half. They were never, ever, that, that's probably the easiest Celtic win all season. So they cover as a 12 and a half point favorite. Portland, a 12 point favorite at Cleveland, 141 105. This was a close game after one, but they led by 12 at the half, stretched it out to 24 and after three, and, and that was the ball game. So they cover as a 12-point double-digit favorite. Um, Philadelphia laying 14 and a half. That line dropped from 15 to 14. I don't know why. Uh, they win by 20, 135-115. Never in doubt. Uh, up nine early, up 12 at the half, up 17 after three. Rockets, typical Rockets, just awful basketball. So they cover the spread as a monster favorite. Utah wasn't necessarily a monster favorite, but it's, you know, seven-point favorite. Pretty hefty. And this after beating San Antonio the other day, blew out the uh, the Spurs again. Not even close. Uh, up 12 after the first quarter, up 24 at the half. They go on to win it by uh, 32 points, 126 to 94. How bad are you if you're San Antonio? You know, you're fighting for a playoff spot. You get the, you got the great Greg Popovich as your head coach, you know. And you lose back-to-back games by double digits. You've lost now five straight to close uh, the season out. I mean, that, that's awful. You, know, you get whacked by double digits just a couple of nights ago. You face that team, and then you lose by even more points the second time around. Wow. By 32 points, 126-94. So 
your your big favorites last night all covered. You know, it, it's a rare, rare day when when that occurs. So uh, favorites had a pretty good night in the NBA last night. Not so in the NHL, but in the NBA, yes. The one that really didn't help its cause is Indiana. Boy, they're going in the opposite direction. Pacers as a six-point home favorite against Sacramento lose 104-93. And then the Knicks last night, 34-12. How does that happen? You know, Knicks have won, what, 12 of 13? Covered 15 of 16? Playing terrific basketball, inspired basketball. They were off the night before. Plenty of time to fly in and get used to the altitude and everything else. They, they're down 22 points after one quarter. 34-12. Never made a run. Uh, down 21 at the half. Down 20 heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, end up losing by 20. 113-97. Or uh, by, by 16. 113-97. I mean, just... That's brutal. Uh, that, that, you talk about a bad performance from the Knicks. And then the Bucks last night ended up beating uh, Washington 135-134. Uh, they win. They don't cover, obviously. And our boy uh, Russell Westbrook came through again. Uh, not a triple-double. He had that early third quarter. Uh, but that was the game of the night. So uh, nice job by the Bucks, who uh, the whole world kind of thought what I thought early on that after back-to-back games against Brooklyn, back-to-back wins, that they would have a big letdown against Washington. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. So if you're looking at the standings, Philadelphia with the win stays two up on uh, Brooklyn, three up on the Bucks at the bottom end. Washington with the loss, now three up on Toronto. That keeps the Raptors still alive for a big Toronto versus Washington game later tonight. We're going to use that in our opposite picks. All right, close out hour number one next right here on a Thursday Ops Picks edition. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It is a Opposite Picks Thursday on uh, this uh, May 6th. Here's truly sitting in Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, there you go in the NBA. Uh, a lot of uh, favorites uh, did well. NHL, not necessarily the case. Uh, and, and you got a lot of monster favorites now as we wind down the NHL season. We had the big brawl last night in New York. Too bad fans weren't in the stands. Uh, I could have seen uh, Mike. I still see Mike Milbury hopping into the stands, beating the Ranger fans over the head with his shoe. Uh, that, now that's classic hockey. You know, we got a little bit back to old school last year, but that's. Yeah, Google that. You want to see classic hockey? That's cla- that's the standard, people. Uh, it's not, you know, uh, you know, six people in the penalty box like we had last night between Washington and the Rangers. Oh, yeah. If shoes aren't coming off, if players aren't going into the stands, if Mike Milbury's not involved, uh, you, you haven't reached the pinnacle of classic hockey. So we had six fights last night to start the game between Washington and the Rangers. Their first game since um, uh, the the big incident the the day before uh, when Tom Wilson was beating the crap out of the Rangers. He ended up not even getting suspended. A little lousy $5,000 fine. No big deal. Rangers pissed off. They play each other. You know, in a a strange sort of way, 
And maybe the NHL is a little bit wiser than we give him credit for. They didn't suspend him, which means he was able to play last night, last game of the season between the two teams. If they suspend him, the Rangers can't get revenge. Maybe the NHL said, you know what, Wetzel's right. We need to go old school. You know what, we're not going to suspend him. Let him beat the crap out of him. Let, let, let five guys jump him. Who cares? So they did get into a fight with him. He played one period. Uh, then they announced during the second period that he wouldn't return because of an upper body injury. Oh, what a joke. Basically, what the Capitals said was, listen, we need this guy for the postseason. We're going to give you one crack at him. You get one crack in the first period. And whatever happens, happens. After that, he's getting yanked with the mysterious NHL upper lower body injury. And they pulled him out of a game. What a wimp. Not even, the biggest goon in hockey isn't man enough to stay for an entire game. Hour number two coming up. Scott Wetzel, Ops Picks.